0: Great, cool.
1: Perfect. Well, I I think we can go ahead and kick it off. Um, Thanks, everyone, for joining us here on what is the inaugural uh, FiatDAO AMA series, where we'll be spending time with a lot of the fixed income asset protocols uh, that are around in DeFi today and giving kind of a stage to to learn more uh, about what everyone's building and what we at FiatDAO will eventually be integrating with um, come next month or so. Um, so thank you, Teddy, for, for being the guinea pig. Much appreciated.
0: <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on. Of course.
1: Um, so yeah, let, let's go ahead and get it started then. Uh, Teddy, I think it would be great if you could share kind of, you know, your, your, your professional background and how you wound up in crypto in the first place, kind of up until
0: uh, you launched Notional. Uh yeah sure thing man so um I started off as a uh, as a trader um I I traded interest rate swaps at um, Barclays Investment Bank uh, that's where I started my career um, and I was there for about four years and uh, you know I liked I liked being a trader um, but um, ultimately I, I I was just you know I was kind of sitting there and and you know when uh, in doing the job that that you do at a bank like everything is executed over voice. So it's like all human to human, which is kind of, you know, even back then just struck me as kind of insane that that's how how it worked at the highest level. You know, it just seemed like it was stuck in the past. And so I, I, you know, I was looking for something to do that would be sort of new and interesting. And that's when, you know, uh, 2017 happened with crypto and that really just kind of like captured my attention. Um, and then I, I, I left uh, the bank and, and went and traded crypto for for about a year and a half uh, until I started Notional um, with my partner, Jeff, at uh, the end of 2019.
1: That's awesome. Uh, did Jeff have a similar background that kind of led him to the interest rate, you know, fixed income space in crypto or was it... Um... You know just both of you being interested in wanting to build something in crypto in general.
0: yeah, I think uh, so so jeff, um so so basically like the the way it works is is that i'm I'm very much the finance guy and and jeff is is the tech guy and and Jeff you know had worked in uh, in silicon valley as as an engineer for for almost a decade prior to. Uh, Prior to starting Notional, and and he was um, so he worked at Atlassian and then and then at uh, Splunk, uh, you know for 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 about a decade, and I think he was you know he was just really interested in DeFi, um, and he was looking. Uh, so when when we met, we we met at like a DeFi hackathon actually. So we we met at a hackathon in San Francisco at the end of 2019, and I think it was like you know it was honestly just like a really really lucky meeting because we basically like you know we both had the same idea. So it's, even though I was the interest rate swap trader, like he, it was still like, he also wanted to do sort of fixed rates because we'd both seen compound, but we're kind of like, well, what if you could do compound with fixed rates? And, um, and it was really just like a really fortunate meeting because like, you know, he knew all about the tech, but didn't really know much about finance and like how, how fixed rate products would actually work. And, you know, I went there cause like I wanted to do this, but you know, I, I, I Knew that I couldn't build it, and I need and I needed to work with somebody who could, uh, and so it was really just lucky that we met each other, and and then uh, you know started Notional full time very very shortly after that.
1: I think it's really cool that you guys got your start kind of in the the heart or the middle of uh, kind of that bear market we went through af- after 2017. Um, what was it like, kind of making that jump at the time? You know, I, I think a lot of people. Or at least on my end, it's been kind of wild to see how many of the people you know that we find in our community or just engage with today might have come in after the fact, you know, like 2020 onward. And I think there's definitely something to be said for you know having gotten your start uh, back when things weren't also rosy, right?
0: Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that like when you're doing stuff in a bear market, like. You know, you tend that the people that stick around are tend to be the ones that are just like really interested in crypto generally, and just like in it, you know, in it for the long haul. I think, um, you know, not not to cast aspersions on anybody who comes in, in, in during a bull market. I mean, I did, but but um, but I think that if you stick it out to a bear market, generally you're in it for for more than just money. Um, so that so that's that's cool. I mean, I, I it was also like you know being you know, coming in, in 2018, and and and, and seeing that, like, uh, you know, there was just at the time I came in, like, there was a ton of people coming in. And you sort of see that, like, if you're coming in at that time, the likelihood is that you're not, like, that's not a great risk reward opportunity, like, like a good risk to take is when, when other people aren't taking the risk. You know, and it's so it's like starting Notional at the time that we did when when like DeFi was very much not hot. It was like way before DeFi summer, like it gave us like, you know, we, we took real risk. But like the off, but like the sort of like the flip side of that is that now we're in a position where, you know, the risk is paid off and we're like in a really, you know, we have like a really strong position uh, going forward.
1: Definitely. And kind of along those lines, um, y'all just launched your, your V2 uh, this past month. And I think it would be great to kind of, you know, get a high-level overview of you know, where, where Notional began with the V1 and what's changed since then and what kind of the main lessons were in, in making uh, the jump as you were building out uh, V2 over the past year, year and a half. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, so, so as you... As you said, you know, we just launched our our V two about a month ago, and that has just been like hugely successful. So that's been, I mean, is like been extremely exciting and just awesome. But like, I'll I'll start with kind of, I'll back up a bit and, and start start with Notional V one. So Notional V one started in uh, January of this year, and we like we got you know maybe about twenty million dollars in TVL at the peak. Um, but, like, weren't able to, like, build kind of, you know, any more traction than that. And it exposed a lot of problems with the, like, underlying design. So, for one, we didn't have any liquidity mining, which even then was, like, very much necessary. I think it's very much necessary now to have some sort of incentive for people to put their capital on your platform. Um, But it also, like, besides the fact that we didn't have liquidity mining, it also showed that there was, like, a, there is a problem with, there's like a significant problem with like how liquidity providers were treated in Notional V1, that we went through a ton of work to fix in Notional V2, so that liquidity providers have just like a really great experience and a really attractive proposition. And so, you know, there's like kind of some technical changes that, that I can talk through, but like the, the end result is that, you know, we launched Notional V2 a month ago, and so far we've got about $950 million in TBL, which is just awesome. We've done, you know, about $170 million of, of actual lending and borrowing. Uh, and we've also, like the protocol has also generated, um, you know, kind of a lot of money, like, like towards, you know, about 550K, uh, just in sort of uh, fees that, that the protocol has earned. So it's been, it's been hugely successful. Um, which has just been awesome and, and uh, you know, kind of <laughs> really hectic. Um, but it's been a great start, and, and there's, like, there's lots of cool stuff that we have coming. And I, I'm really glad that we were able to do Notional V1 so we could sort of work out some of the kinks uh, and then, you know, build Notion V2 such that it was able to just take off like it did.
1: Yeah, it's been crazy to see uh, the TPL game, and know, it's a real testament to kind of the work you put in through this iteration period. Um, Just to kind of expand on that a little bit, when when you say liquidity providers, are you alluding to um, the the lenders in the system or the the folks that are providing um, secondary liquidity uh, for kind of the the F-cash assets uh, that
0: underpin Notional? Uh yeah, so I'm I'm talking about the the people that provide the secondary liquidity. So so maybe I can just sort of transition and, and give a quick technical overview of of how Notional works. How does that sound? That'd be great. Okay, cool. So uh, basically, like the the core concept in Notional is uh, is called fCash. So um, fCash is kind of like a zero coupon bond. Uh, in that it's defined by a currency type and a maturity date. So for example, March 1st, 2022 USDC, that is an FCASH token, and it's redeemable for one USDC on its maturity date. So it's redeemable for one USDC on March 1st, 2022. So the way we enable fixed rate borrowing and lending is by uh, allowing people to trade between USDC today and USDC in the future, as represented by Fcash. And the exchange rate at which you make that trade between USDC today and USDC on March 1st, 2022, implies a fixed interest rate over that period of time. Um, and then, so, so that's kind of the core of how we do lending and borrowing. And then, uh, you know, the way we allow you to trade is we have on chain liquidity pools where you have USDC on one side and and Fcash on the other side. And so basically, in order for people to be able to lend and borrow, there has to be capital in these liquidity pools. And and that's where liquidity providers come in. Um, So liquidity providers are the ones that put their capital into these liquidity pools and, and earn a fee and interest rate for doing so. So they are absolutely critical to the system. If you if you aren't able to get liquidity providers to put their capital in, you can't lend, you can't borrow, you can't do anything. Right. So it's like it was very, very important that like we we design Notional V2 to give liquidity providers a good experience. Um, and, and and I think we have. Uh, so yeah, so that that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: Got it. Yeah, I think it's a really cool implementation. Uh, for, for those who aren't familiar, essentially there's a kind of liquidity pool for, for every tenor uh, uh, of, um, of a specific FCash token. And you're actually connecting uh, them on the back end, right? Uh, kind of through the end the token system then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, the N-token thing... Um like, like you're, like you're mentioning here is a really important piece. And it took like a ton of work to build, but, but it's, but it does something that's really important. So, so like you said, uh, there's actually, you know, uh, more than one liquidity pool. So there's a liquidity pool for each maturity you can borrow and lend from. And, and, you know, as a liquidity provider, that can be kind of it can be cumbersome and it can also just be confusing because you don't know which liquidity pool you should put your capital into. And, and if you do put your capital into one liquidity pool, well, then now you have a problem because once that liquidity pool matures, you have to manually roll your capital from one liquidity pool that has matured to a new liquidity pool. So it like, it takes a ton of engagement from liquidity providers. Um, And so what we've done is we created these end token things. So end tokens allow liquidity providers to passively provide liquidity to all maturities at the same time. And the end token automatically rolls it forward upon any maturity. uh, And the end tokens are ERC-20. So essentially, it requires nothing from the liquidity provider. All they have to do is put their capital in. Uh, It's really simple. It's one big pool. And then the end token account handles all the sort of interaction with the individual liquidity pools on the back end. So it like like automates all the stuff that liquidity providers don't want to do. Um so yeah, so it's uh it I think it I think it's quite a good thing, yeah.
1: Yes, secondary liquidity is, is always the hardest problem. So I can can definitely see um like how much effort went into de- designing the system, and I think it does a, a great job of, like you said, kind of abstracting away uh, the pain points for those liquidity providers.
0: Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, that's 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 the hope.
1: And, and so, kind of going off of that, um, I, I believe so. And, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think when it comes to how the system actually uh, divies up you know the liquidity provided by these end token holders that's actually something done uh, via notional governance right it's not algorithmically divided across you know the specific tenor types of a, of a given underlying asset uh
0: yes yes that is true right now it's it's like uh the the amount that goes into each pool is is a parameter that's set by governance. But actually some kind of cool is that like, you know, once uh uh so once we launched and and people started engaging and asking questions and figuring out how notional v2 works, um we actually got a like a really detailed governance proposal about like switching it to something uh you know taking that away from governance and making it like algorithmic. Um which I don't know. It doesn't. To us, it was really cool because we we want like a lot of com- community participation, and this was somebody who put a lot of time and effort into understanding Notional and making a really good suggestion. So, like that, that was a really cool thing for us to see. Um, and and all that's just to say, Max, that that uh, you know that might change in the future.
1: Got it. No, I th- I think that's really funny. It's almost uh, it's like productive irony or. Ironically, productive, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But I I think that's probably going to be the case for a lot of crypto governance, right? Because, you know, eventually you do find best practices and you can kind of ossify certain parts of the system uh, as you go. Um, But I I guess to that point, right, Um, the launch of Notional Governance actually came with uh, Notional V2, right? And, And the note token.
0: Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, we launched them at the same time.
1: Got it. C- could you walk us through a little bit of your thinking on kind of the launch of Note and how you see governance kind of interacting with, with, with your protocol?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, we we launched Note um, right alongside Notional V2, so we launched them at the same time. Uh, and, you know, right now, Note is a governance token that looks a lot like Compound or the Comp Token. Um, and, you know, we kind of, so I, I would say that, like, there's a lot more that we want to do with Note. Uh, and then Notional is very much a work in progress. So we're we're actually working on a lot of, like, cool stuff that you'll be able to do that will, you know, allow people to stake their note um, and, and earn rewards t- for doing so. While also like providing utility to to the Notional system, um, so we're you know we're right now we're in in the midst of sort of figuring out what that's going to look like exactly, um, but yeah, so so we definitely have we we have plans for, you know, uh, note to be sort of have a larger role in Notional than than it, than it has today.
1: Understood. Yeah, it's, it's always kind of like this chicken before the egg thing, right? Because especially as you're iterating a, a newer protocol, right, it's not necessarily clear on day one um, or even day, you know, <laughs> yeah. 300, whatever it may be, um, what the best way to do it is. And so, you know, as, as you're like kind of creating community around a protocol, I always think I agree with you that kind of the utility follows as you find like the real niches where the product market fit is apparent.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's right. I mean, you know, we, we wanted, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny in, in, I guess, in blockchain generally, like, cause you know, the, the sort of the age old startup mantra is to sort of, you know, iterate quickly, get products out there before they're finished, all that stuff. Right. Cause it's like, you, you want, You want market feedback, but it's it's just it's kind of different in blockchain just because like uh, especially in DeFi, just because you like you have to be so focused on security. So you can't just like push things out there without without much thought. Um, But having said that, you know, like there is nothing like actual market feedback. And so what we wanted to do was was make sure that that the parts that really needed to be secure so that the core notional system. We wanted to make sure that was secure, and then once that was secure, you know, kind of go forward as quickly as we could. Um, and so, what that kind of meant in practice is that, well, the note was like a little less developed than the rest of the system, um, but we were able to, you know, get the system out there earlier. So that's kind of how we did that.
1: Taking a quick kind of step back from the protocol itself. Um, I I think one of the interesting things for kind of like the context around fixed income assets that's really changed over the past year has kind of been this emergence of really big uh, Dow treasuries and and war chests um, across the space. And I think, you know, as we get toward what is potentially a tail end of kind of like a, a more bullish period, right? And things like treasury management actually start to matter again, <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if they ever did, right? I don't, I don't know how many people actually learned their lesson uh, and stuck around uh, in 2018, but I, I think it's definitely an interesting development for fixed income asset protocols in general, right? As you have this kind of up upsurge in demand for, you know, fixed returns, whether that be on stable coins or volatile assets. And it'd be great to hear kind of your thoughts on, you know, how much that has changed or not changed since you first got started with Notional. And maybe if you have any opinions on how you see that playing out too.
0: Uh, yeah. So um, I think that, you know, we've, we've definitely found that that people people want fixed rates. I mean, we've done, You know, we've done a a pretty significant amount of volume already, um, even in sort of as we're, you know, continue to be in this uh, sort of bull market. Um, But I think that like. So what I would say is that most of the returns that people get in DeFi um, and this this isn't really a secret, but most of them in one way or another come from yield farming. So come from sort of token incentives. So, all, you know, the yields that you see are generally uh, uh, depend on token prices, right? So like as long as everything's kind of up and going up and staying up, um, your yields stay up too, right? But like, you know, if, if we sort of move into a different part of the cycle and that is no longer true, uh, then uh, the majority of yields in DeFi are going to go down. Right, and and um, you know, I think that like it's like a, a something about Notional that makes us really well positioned for that is like one, yes, just locking in your yield that's really important, um, but also the fact that like we generate so Notional generates its own yield because we have borrowers on our platform that pay a fixed interest rate. So in the same way that like you know, if you look at something like Compound. Um, compound has borrowers. Those borrowers pay interest that the lenders earn, right? Like that is that is something which is not dependent on token prices. And so Compound's going to stick around, you know, and, and Notional is the same way, right? Because like ultimately, like we have borrowers on our platform that pay a fixed interest rate. And and that's, you know, the, the core of the yield generation for lenders, which means that like, we are well positioned if token prices start to go down. You know, nobody wants that to happen, but you know, if they did, uh, Notional is a product that I think would do well.
1: Definitely. Um, You know, and I think having a product that caters to stable coins in such a environment will always be beneficial (laughs) too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool, Teddy. I mean, I, I think we, we all appreciate kind of like the, the background on, on Notional and Notional V2. Um, I think it would be interesting to hear kind of what, you know, has, <clears throat> has sparked your interest in DeFi over the past year. What, you know, outside of Notional has uh, like impressed you the most or surprised you the most about DeFi, if you're able to kind of keep, keep up while you're
0: building as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely tough. Um, I I think like, so I would, okay, I'll, 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 I'll say two things. So first of all, like, I think the thing that's been most impressive to me, uh, is DYDX, um, launching on Starkware, uh, because like that was like eight, you know, eons ahead of anybody else. And like that really, really works. And like, just the, you know, uh, them, it, it just shows it demonstrates the possibility that you can build like a really, really high performing product um, without sacrificing decentralization and without sacrificing security. You know, it is really, really, really hard to do that, but it can be done. And like so I have a lot of respect for for that team and 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 what they did. Um, yeah, so so I think that that's that's probably the most impressed. That, that I've been in the past year uh, and then kind of like, you know, I think the other thing that's sort of like, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of a funny DeFi thing, I guess. Well, I, it's not that funny to some people, uh, but uh, the, the, there was that, what was the the really big hack that was like $600 million or something from uh, I don't remember who it was poly network or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just remember hearing that, and and being like, I'd never even heard of that project before. Like, I'd never even heard of it, and and somehow they managed to get like billions if, of capital in their platform, and it was like, I'd never even heard of them. Um, and I, like, that was just that was just funny because it is a reminder that like, you know, we, I, I think that we often kind of move in circles that are like you know, pretty small group of projects. Um, but like there's like a whole wide world out there in DeFi of like just a bunch of crazy stuff going on. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of a reminder of that.
1: Definitely. It feels like there's very much, uh, you know, iron curtains as you look kind of cross chain, right? Like there's Ethereum, DeFi, and then in that case, it was I think it was Binance Smart Chain or Right, it was Binance Smart Chain, even though it's called Polygon, and that's why people were confused. Um, and right. and so it's definitely like interesting just to kind of think about how that changes in 2022, right? I mean, I think in any project Discord you go into these days, you have people that you know might be predominantly on Ethereum, but they're also on Avalanche and Polygon, and maybe they're dabbling in Solana and and Terra, right? So yeah. I think for at least for, for us, you know, because we do build on existing fixed income asset protocols such as yours, you know, Ethereum was, was the clear kind of go-to um, for, for building out fiat DAO initially, but um, it would be great to kind of get your take on, you know, what you see happening in 2022 with um, the current like cross-chain uh, let's say paradigm, uh, especially since you kind of yeah. touched on on Starkware kind of finally coming to fruition and offering such a a boon uh, to to Ethereum mainnet as it has already.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you know. I think a lot's going to happen in twenty twenty two. I think it's going to be a good year for DeFi. Um, <laughs> don't don't hold me to that though. Uh, but um, I think like. Uh, yeah, I think the cross chain stuff is, or at least the layer two stuff is, is going to start happening for real. You know, at kind of as as I mentioned with D Y D X, you know, that's an example that it, that it really is possible. Uh, it's just it's hard, but it's possible. Um, and I know that's a big priority for us at Notional, and I'm and I know it's a big priority for pretty much anybody on Ethereum. And I, I think it's going to start happening in earnest in in 2022. Um, I also think that like you know, there's going to be, you've already started to see sort of like newer kinds of products in DeFi, but I think you're going to see that accelerate in 2022 with, you know, like products like yours, right? Fiat DAO um, It's stuff that wasn't possible uh, not that long ago, you know? And I think that there's going to be just, you know, cause you, you see structured products and options and like, and, and fixed rates and like all these things, like, it takes time to figure out how to like set up the infrastructure properly, um, and you know when we've been sort of like ex- struggling and experimenting with that for 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 you know a year or two years now. And I'm not just talking about Notional, but I'm talking about you know other lots of other teams in DeFi that are that are trying to build sort of more complex products. Um, but I think in 2022, you know, I think a lot of that sort of infrastructure is going to be in a place where it's like it's you know it's really usable um and, and it can start to support other projects building on top of it. And so I think you you'll see like a next generation of uh, financial products in DeFi. Now I'm really excited for that. Um, so I think you're gonna see like you're gonna see just more interesting financial products and then also with layer twos like finally actually being able to, you know, uh, onboard main you know relatively mainstream users. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited for that too.
1: Definitely. I, I think the, the the time is right for kind of like the, the open source composability of DeFi to really kind of click into motion, right? Just to your point, it, the Lego blocks have been laid and now you can kind of start rearranging them and, and building structures with them. Um, and, you know, there's more talent in the space than there's ever been. So it, it should definitely be an exciting 2022, um, fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's exciting for the right reasons.
1: <clears throat> um, well, cool. Um, I think those those are all the questions I've had on my end, but I think it would be great if we could maybe entertain like two or three community questions, if there are any, if you still have time, Teddy.
0: Uh, yep, that that works for me.
1: Cool. um Well, if anyone has questions, feel free to raise your hand and I'll go ahead and uh, do the speaker per- permissioning. All right, well, on that note, I don't think we have any questions. So, Oh, actually we do, there we go. Hey Jordan, uh, does your mic work? Oh, he's still connecting. Hey
0: guys, Um, I apologize if I missed it, but did you guys talk about how Fiat DAO is gonna be integrating with Notional?
1: That's a very good point. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I can of course go ahead and take that one. Um, So, with FiatDAO, what we're essentially building is a kind of protocol that's capable of taking in fixed income assets uh, like Notional's F-Cash tokens and actually providing users leverage um, against those positions. And so Notional is one of the projects we're prioritizing and, and you know, offering support for it. But once FiatDAO is live, uh, you as a user will be able to mint a position on Notional bring it to fiat DAO, uh, mint this fiat asset against it, which is not a stable coin, uh, but rather more of a kind of like perpetual bond is, is probably the better way of putting it. And we'll be writing a couple of articles on, on that front uh, in the lead up to launch to kind of create a you know, better education around what you could actually use this for. But it's essentially a low volatility asset that you can then use to kind of unlock secondary liquidity or re-leveraging opportunities kind of at scale. Uh, And so kind of going back to what Teddy was saying, right? Like we're an example of a project that is possible because projects have come before us and laid the groundwork for us to integrate with them and actually kind of create like this positive sum ecosystem, right? Where now we're able to concentrate liquidity across a ton of notional assets Via fiat and offer notional users kind of more utility um, and kind of reduce opportunity cost as well, uh, just from participating in the kind of the base protocol, right?
0: Yeah, and I I just want to sort of add, add on to that. So I think like uh, you know I think what you guys are doing is is really really cool, um, and and it's something which you know because I. I guess in my in my mind, the way I see Fiat Dow working here is that, like, you know, there's Notional is not the only fixed income asset protocol, Uh, and so you know, the ability to like get leverage on your fixed income assets, like like Notional's Fcash, will allow people to sort of like, you know, it will make fixed income markets in DeFi much more efficient because you can sort of like you can lend on fixed inc- or the fixed rate protocol where the yields are high, borrow against that uh, or, uh, you know, get your fiat against that uh, and then go borrow fixed on a protocol where the yields are low. Right. And so it like it really I think it will really help sort of tie the whole fixed rate ecosystem together. So, I, I yeah. Anyway, I think it's really cool. Max.
1: Definitely. Jordan, did, did I kind of cover what you're going for and, or did it open up any, any further questions? Cool. Um, well, unless uh, we have any other speaker requests, uh, I think we're about ready to close up shop here. That was beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Well, hey, Teddy, thanks so much for coming on tonight and kind of kicking off this series for us. It was very informational and, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see the success V2 has had just in its first month uh, since going live.
0: Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Max. It was, it was really nice to be here. Um, and yeah, good luck with the rest of the series. Perfect. Take care, everyone.